Well, we're in Cork, and Kira, I think, is going skiing in the coming weeks, and it's interesting we're in Cork because we're going to be talking to uh, heart expert Rona Margie from the Matter Private here in Cork. So if you have any heart conditions, send them to me at 53106 and I'll put them to Rona Margie while Kira is whizzing up and down the slopes. Kira Kelly, welcome to the programme for you, the George. Right Oak Health Checkup. Now a staple diet just after six on Mondays. If you have a query, do send it to me at 53106 by text. Listen, I have an issue Mm -hmm. with this week's question. Why is apparently half the nation scratching their backside? Why is that? Is there, have you noticed in your practice as a general practitioner of Greystones, have you got an increased number of people coming in scratching their backside? I have not noticed, but in fairness, it has always been quite a prevalent issue. And I would suggest if there is a reason why it's increasing, and we're not quite sure that it is, but let's presume you're right. No, no, based on the question. Bigger and heavier you are, George, hotter and more sweaty that area gets. Well, now you see... I, the fella says, hi, lads. So he obviously doesn't want to talk to you. But he extremely itchy to the extent that he draws blood when he scratches. Okay. I mean, I'd be worried about that. Um, uh, the chances are one of two things is going on there for this guy. Well, one of three things possibly. One is, is that he may have hemorrhoids, but two is people often have a fungal infection or a yeast infection around their back passage, George, and they need to get a cream that would have steroid and would have antifungal medication in it. And they need to use it for quite a prolonged period of time. But what about the other fellow who's scratching his bum? He's got piles yes. and or hemorrhoids yep. in your technical lingo. Yes. Um, but he anisole didn't work for him. Now, when I used to have to scratch that area, anisole was brillant. It depends on how severe oh. your hemorrhoids are. The over-the-counter preparations are not as good as the prescription-based medications for the same condition. If you have used over-the-counter preparations to no avail, I would suggest you go and see your GP to confirm that it is piles and then they would give you a prescription for something that would be probably considerably stronger that would help you. Because you can, generally speaking, treat piles with topical treatment. Occasionally, occasionally... They're lanced, which is very, very unpleasant. <laughs> Sorry. I know. Um, listen to me. Um, in a different era, when uh, bathrooms weren't as prevalent in houses as they are now, and also because, I don't know, for what reason, lack of education, we tended to wash less. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, we, we we also tended, certainly if you were poor, you tended to wa- wash your, your uh, uh, back passage less. Nethers, yeah. That was that was always in the old days a cause of itch and everything, wasn't it? That Whereas, would have been a cause of itch, all right, because of, of hygiene. So you would have had yeah, maybe a fungal but infection. But these people, no, modern-day yeah. people, it's not, it's the, not the hygiene. Commonest, the commonest cause of piles is straining, if you're passing a bowel motion, to be honest. I often think the timing of our programme, George, is quite funny. Just everyone's about to cut down. their dinner, <laughs> yeah, cut their yeah. steak in two, yeah, and the next yeah. thing I'm there talking about piles. But yeah, what it is is straining when you're going to the bathroom. It's a big cause of, of All hemorrhoids. All right, OK. But then there's another fellow scratching his scalp, and he's worried about that. He, That guy said he's complaining of dry scalp, and he's tried loads of he's different shampoos. Loads of different shampoos. Um what I would do is, I would, first of all, I would go to the chemist and I would talk to them because there are shampoos that are suitable for what he has, which would be probably coal tar based shampoos or shampoos that are based on sort of aqueous. So 
the likes of 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 Eucerin and kind of you know E45 yeah. and things. They they do shampoos and so does Polytard as a shampoo. But sometimes you actually need a prescription based topical steroid for your scalp too, because scalps do get psoriasis, dermatitis, and they do become very flaky and very itchy and problematic. Sometimes as well, it's just sort of plain old fashioned yeah. nasty dandruff, yeah, and you need a bit of nizer. Yeah, or but something. it's a shame you don't answer the question the poor fellow's asking. Like he's tried lots of shampoos. You well, gotta presume that he's tried some of these fancy dandy well, ones. Okay, well, let's suppose he's about. tried the fancy dandy ones. Then he needs to go to a GP and get a topical scalp preparation for um, yeah. dry, itchy scalp. And it'll probably have a steroid in it. Well, But steroids are dodgy topical, every week. Topical on the scalp. Week. They're necessary yeah. for some people, George. Yeah. yeah. You see? Yeah, he might, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. This 50-year-old has shingles. Ah, bless Mild. I didn't think there was mild shingles. Shingles is not to be recommended now. No, it's, we it's terrible. That you heard it here first. We don't recommend shingles on the Right Hook Health Check. But um, shingles is something else. Do you know what I mean? It's what? It, well, it, well, it's called herpes zoster. That, yeah. So some people refer to it as zoster. I, I would refer to it as zoster in my medical notes rather than shingles. But what it is, is it's the reactivation of the varicella or the chickenpox virus. So if you've had yeah. chickenpox. Chickenpox. Yeah. That's what I was and you, you could have had a donkey's ears earlier and then you get a bit run down, George, or you're a bit stressed or you're a bit under the weather in some way. And the next thing, you get a line of um, clusters of blisters that appear. It can be horrendous or it can be quite mild. I had it last year and all I had was about two patches or three patches down my arm and shoulder and it was no biggie really. I had to take the medication. The thing about shingles is this is there's a couple of things you need to do. Um, You need to manage the pain because a lot of people do experience pain and I would recommend for anyone with shingles that they would take antiviral medications and the reason for that is this even if your shingles is relatively mild you do not want to develop a condition called post-herpetic neuralgia which is where after the shingles, the pain, even though the rash is gone, the, the nerve yeah. pain, the neuralgia, a nerve pain is a, is a boring, intractable, kind of a burning pain that doesn't respond very well to painkillers. That remains for people and it can remain long term and antivirals reduce the risk of that. So you need to go to your, your GP and get them. That's why when he said mild, I was worrying because exactly what you say, somebody thinks it's mild, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not really. My, Once you've, yeah, mine was mild. I still took antivirals because I didn't want to have problems down the line from it. Some of the people I worry about, I must say, honestly, I really do. Now, I'm not recommending they go to their GP for 60 quid to get a shampoo. We can do better than that. But, like, two and a half year old has had recurring ear infections for months, speech delayed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Although there have been big improvements later. Could they be related? Yes. Because the child has difficulty hearing. Exactly. Well done, George. Yeah. If you have recurrent ear infections, middle ear infections, um, certainly if there's pus and all that in your ear, of course you can't hear as well. You know yourself if you've ever had your ears muffled in some way with wax or or if you wear a hat or something. You can't hear properly. Same thing with an ear infection. You literally have a, um, a mechanical kind of a blockage in your ear. Kids at that stage in life, if they can't hear properly, that's when they're developing their speech and their speech will be delayed. Recurrent ear infections in a child with speech delay should be assessed by an ENT surgeon because they may need a thing called grommets. And grommets are little tiny plastic 
sort of like spools that you Didn't put there used to be a cartoon on television of Gromit? Wallace and Gromit, yeah, there did. <laughs> Not you the same take, one. You take this show everywhere, do you know that? <laughs> People come tune in for the health and stick around for the, the, the trivia. Wallace and Gromit, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can get grommets put into your, your eardrum that will help reduce the amount of ear infection Even at two and a half. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, even at any age, really. Well, it happened to my grandson. Uh, Luke and and um, I'm sure Luke would love us. Be well, I'm nation. sure he would. But I remember when he was. I used to click my fingers, you know, next to his ear, and he wouldn't budge. Ah, like bless him. Do he you couldn't know? hear. Couldn't hear. Did you see that in the ad with the nun who used to do that? She used to click her fingers on the ad in the seventies, and she used to go bah bah. Do you remember that? No. Oh well. Okay. Move on. Wasn't born. But but the interesting thing was that he got his tonsils and adenoids. Yeah. And lo and behold, yeah, 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 yeah. all over, he was done. Yeah. It was fantastic. And, and they're also done by an ENT guy. So it may not be grommets that's required for this kid either. Right. They, they could end up with a tonsillectomy or adenoidectomy. But either way, recurrent ear infections and speech delay, go and see an ENT person. That's why deaf people have difficulty speaking, isn't it? Yes, it is. Any cure for tinnitus, Rob says? No is the answer, is it? Very little cures for tinnitus. Um, If you have tinnitus and it's been established that it's just, you know, for no good reason and there's nothing bad going on, if that's been established, um, then you need to learn to put up. But a lot of people listen to the radio on low at night and stuff like that because the tinnitus drives them insane, the high-pitched noise. I know a number of people who've had it. And, I mean, I don't know how to... It's very frustrating and annoying for them. I don't know how to survive it. Like, yeah, absolutely. Because when they tell you about it, uh, you think... How can you live with this? Horrible, horrible This is noise. like, I mean, it's not necessarily bells, but it's a noise in your ear 24-7. Yeah, it's often a high-pitched tone or sometimes oh it's God. kind of a buzzing or other sounds as well, but yeah, mostly a high-pitched tone. So they kind of hear a high-frequency noise in, the, in their ear the whole time. Now, I'm delighted to say my wife and my daughters and my daughters-in-law touched nothing during pregnancy, right, of, okay. of drug or okay. drink or fags or any of that sort okay. of thing. So therefore, I'm really interested in this question. I don't know why they say, hi, George and Kira. I'm not sure why they're asking me about pregnancy. Are there any painkillers around or allowed during pregnancy? Yes. I take Nurofen Plus or Salpidine. Okay, there are... Look, take paracetamol. That's that's the safest thing you can take in pregnancy. Is paracetamol? Is it called paracetamol? It's on called the box? paracetamol. Sometimes, yes, yeah, it is pretty much. Sometimes it's called panadol and things like oh, that right, too. But right. it is mostly called paracetamol, and that's considered safe. And that's what you should do. You cannot take any of the Nurofen products during pregnancy. They are anti-inflammatories, and they predispose pregnant women to bleeding. They are not a good idea. They are contraindicated. Please stop taking them if you're taking them. You can't take them. They are bad for you. Codeine, which is a Nurofen plus, or codeine, which is also and salpidine is not contraindicated in pregnancy. However, it's massively constipating. Okay, massively constipating. And pregnant women are already prone to constipation. Are they? Yeah, and it can cause all sorts of problems for them. Stick with paracetamol. Why do you need more? Like, nobody, to be honest, should need regular salpidine or norofen plus. Why would you? Nobody of childbearing age should, because those are reasonably strong medications. And in fact, I think Nurofen Plus is wonderful marketing because the plus right. makes it sound better, oh, but all I it is know. is a big whack of codeine, which isn't oh, very good for you. Yeah, well, I've certainly never taken painkillers during pregnancy. Okay, well. When my wife was pregnant, I never took Nurofen or You're that kind of supportive new man, you see, George. Yes, that's yeah. right. You, yeah. I definitely was. Uh, oh, yeah. Now, here's another pregnant woman. She's worried about anxiety. Is there anything she could take? <laughs> Look, Here's the thing. You should, and I'm glad these two questions are kind of linked, you should take as little medication as possible during pregnancy, okay? That would be the ideal thing. So if you're anxious 
what should you do? Well, you should try and manage your anxiety through non-medical means. And and things that you should be doing is practicing mindfulness, practicing breathing exercises. Yoga. Going, yoga, pregnancy yoga is very good. Going for a walk, doing CBT. Those are as effective as medications anyway. So why not do them rather than look for a pill to pop? But here's the thing. Supposing you are somebody who I've given that advice to and you kind of go, but, but, but I'm already doing all of that. Yeah, and I'm still up I the walls. Pill, yeah. I'm up the walls. Then you need to go and discuss that with your GP there's nothing I would recommend over the counter for it. There's nothing that I would recommend in terms of the, the benzos, the valiums yeah. and all that. They're yeah. a mugs game. They're not good for anybody. But there are treatments, yes, that you Topical can Topical steroid creams? No. Okay. <laughs> not, not Which in, seems to be not, your answer for everything. Not in this case. Hello, um, I'm pregnant. Topical steroid creams. Do you know what it is, George? You. We get a huge amount of people asking us about minor ailments on the show and that's why topical steroid creams work. Oh, I um, see. But right. look, there okay. are medications that you can take, but they're prescription only and you'd need to discuss it one to one with a GP. But, but when you're a certain age, and, and I don't want to fight these pregnant ladies, do you remember thalidomide? I do. And here was a pill that was going to do what? Well. What was it it's supposed to? It's going to cure his morning sickness. That's right. Yeah. It, yeah. And what happened, you had the tragedy of thalidomide, right? Yeah. So therefore, we, you know, speaking... We've learned that lesson. Speaking as a husband, father, or grandfather, all that kind of stuff, you should try and avoid... Everything during pregnancy. Yep. It might be pretty boring, but I remember going to Cork University Hospital to visit my daughter-in-law who was having George the Fourth. I didn't know it was George the Fourth, but do you know what I mean? I do. And outside the front door, there's all these pregnant dames puffing away at cigarettes. No. Well, look, should they smoke in pregnancy? Of course not. It's bad for the pregnancy. It's bad for them and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? It's all very well and good for you to sit there and cast aspersions on pregnant women because you'll never walk in their shoes George so it's lots of people uh, out there judging pregnant no, women for their behaviour hold a while There's from a, the smug position of never having to forego all these things themselves no but hold a while there is a what you may call it in your womb right and suddenly all the smoke is coming whizzing down your in your womb <laughs> there is, a, there is, is that how you describe pregnant women they have a what you may call it in their womb well what do you Jesus, call it the standard what of do you call it medical discourse it's a feat a fetus, a fetus. I was just... And it's slight. a uterus as well. It's not a wound. Right. This isn't Mary right. Magdalene. So there's a fetus in your uterus struggling to survive until it's time to pop out. And next minute, a bunch of smoke of comes course, whizzing Of course, pregnant there. women, we would recommend that All they right. do not smoke. But I just think it's very easy for the likes of All you right. to sit in What judgment. about if, if they're what you may call it, in your what you may call it, is the smoke coming down followed by a waterfall of gin and tonic? I mean, you're not recommending that. I'm certainly not recommending okay, well, it. That's no, all right. no. I don't have to walk in their shoes, principally because they're six-inch high heels, which is a good reason most, for that walking. Most pregnant in their women shoes. do not wear six-inch right. high heels. Uh, five three one zero oh, six um, for your questions for the right hook health checkup. If you want um, a really sound answer, address them to me. If you want uh, medical gobbledygook, address them to Kira. Topical steroid creams are the answer. Annie in Cork, blood pressure 144 over 84. Is that good, bad, or indifferent? It's borderline hypertension. It's um, what's hypertension? High blood pressure. All oh, right. Um, so yeah, it's higher than we would like, Annie. So what can you do? Stop taking salt. Start taking exercise. Lose a bit of weight. Drink less coffee. Drink less alcohol. But, Change your lifestyle around to to benefit your health. And but, if all but, else, but this is so typical of you. I know. This is so, I know. You don't know she's drinking coffee. You don't know that she's just overweight. Just give him the good generic advice. Yeah, 
Yeah, but what good is generic advice if you're 184 80, oh, 144 over 84 this and is your what name she is does, Anne and This is what she does and then she has it rechecked and she sees what it is. That, right, that's how okay. this goes. Lifestyle. All right. I'm okay. all about the lifestyle. Well, why aren't my 40 cups a day giving me hypertension? We well, may, for all I know, they are. They're not. How do you know? When did you last have your blood pressure checked? The man who's replacing you uh, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Roland Margie down the matter private days, down the road. My man. days are numbered. <laughs> now, here's a question from Anne-Marie. Okay. You can answer it or I can well, answer it. We'll go it. together. Right. Can you please ask the doctor? Well, that could be either of us in fairness. If black dots and shapes that appear before my eyes need investigating. Okay, you want to take it, or will I, then I, will I step in at the end? Yes. Yeah, I think so too. Um, they may be simple things. They may be, um, Anne-Marie, they may be just um, floaters, right? So people do get floaters in their eyes and they're not that big of a deal, okay? They may be that. But they may also be other things. There are other things that cause you to have funny things crossing your vision. You could have had a vitreous hemorrhage. You could have a retinal detachment. There are things that they could be. And from the limited one sentence that we have on the Right Oak Health Check, we can't say what it no. is. So go and get it because your vision is vital. Yeah, well, Derek and Martin, who replaced you the last time you went skiing, he is a, a, a what do you may call it, surgeon? He's an ophthalmic surgeon. Ophthalmic surgeon. Like, you know, you go to him and he can look in behind yeah. your eye and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and yeah. he tells you, George, you're great or George, you're not. Yeah, yeah. So I had that. two operations by the same doc. I know. And look at me now. Amazing. I could fly a Boeing 707. You could, you could. You believe, self-belief is a great thing, George. What about this fella? He's 27, right? He's fit and he's healthy. But he, if he lies on his back and raises either legs, his hips click and snap. It's very painful. It uh, happens outside the knee as well. I'm really tempted to say, just don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you read my mind. You read my mind. I was, I was picturing this young fella lying on a bed and raising his legs going, why is he bothering? Um... Look, do you know what? There's quite a lot of strain. What he's describing, lying in the flat of his back and raising his leg, it puts quite a lot of strain in your abdominal muscles and your oblique muscles and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And he may just need to work on his core. He may need Pilates. Uh, it's very hard to know, but my temptation there was to just say, stop doing whatever that weird thing is you're doing. Yeah, I, there was a one. You reminded me there when you were talking about the pelvic core. Where's she gone? I had a pelvic core your, your daily. Your core lady. muscles. Yeah, but yeah, I would say, oh yeah, but before I get there, John and John Shockland is taking Warframe. Yes. Right? Yes. But are, are there alternatives? Yes, there are alternatives. There are other anticoagulants that are not Warfarin now and, and they have advantages and they have disadvantages. Yeah. You're on one, George, aren't you? Yeah, Prodaxa, yeah. I'm on. Um, Pradaxa. The, the advantages being that you don't have to have your bloods checked all the time. Okay, well, On Warfarin, you do. Exactly. That's why they're taking people off Warfarin. That's the main reason, yeah. the main advantage. The disadvantages are they're much more expensive. Like they're they're way more expensive than Warfarin, which is a relatively che- sort of cheap drug. Um, now, having said that, a blood test costs money. So, so there's there's swings and roundabouts. The other thing that you can't do with them that you can do with Warfarin. And I'm I, an old age pensioner. Don't I get them free? No? Well, you, this young fellow does. Isn't no, no, but I I don't. Well, you pay two fifty. You pay two right. euros and fifty because you pay a, dr- a a prescription charge. Okay. Although you might have a, a, anyway, you might have a doctor visit card. I don't know what you have. Um, anyway. This this guy the, the the other problems though is is that there's something that they that warfarin can do that they can't do is if your warfarin levels are very very high, they can be reversed. If these new modern anticoagulant, if if your blood is too thin, 
it's much harder to reverse it. It's not really possible. So there is a slightly increased risk that there may be uncontrollable hemorrhage, okay? So that's an issue. What you mustn't do if you're taking these things is you mustn't take anti-inflammatories yeah. because you can have a stomach bleed. You shouldn't take anti-inflammatories with warfarin either. You shouldn't that's take, what yeah, I mean, any yeah. Any anticoagulants, yeah. you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, and warfarin, there are other problems with warfarin, of course, too, because warfarin does interact with things like alcohol and certain foods and other drugs and stuff like that, too. Um, so it's swing- I think ultimately, my guess is this, as they become cheaper, they'll become the way forward. Yeah. Because they're more convenient for people. I have a couple of uh, uh, cores for you. Uh, Okay, go with cores. The first one is a 44-year-old female has had to start wearing incontinence Mm. pad because of constant leakage. Pelvic floor exercises are causing awful lower tummy pain. Why is she doing pelvic exercises? She's doing pelvic floor exercises to attempt to strengthen her pelvic floor because she so has she won't stress leave. incontinence. Yeah, And it's really common and I'm actually very glad that this has come up here. What should she do? Well, she shouldn't stop her pelvic floor exercises. The reason they're sore is if you went up for a five mile run, George, would your legs be sore? You're suggesting that she started. It's her muscles are getting used to it. I don't but, agree. Well, I do. I'd, I'd say she's been actually doing this for quite a while. I have to, I have to go. But listen, oh, there, there is a thing you can hire. There's a thing you can hire that you wrap around yourself. It's from a company in Galway. Look at it. It's called Neurotech Vital. You put it on, and it is more effective than pelvic floor exercises done other ways. You can also get physiotherapy, and there's also tablets. There are also there's okay. surgery. But go, go the pelvic floor route right. first. Hey, listen. The other favorite woman in my life is coming up next. It's Nancy Sinatra. Yeah.